Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. I'm John. Thank you for joining us today. It is Monday. It's our new show. We're going to get into stuff in a little bit. Uh, James and Lacey, how's it going, guys? Are you uh, you fr- fresh off the weekend? Fresh off uh, the Emmys? Uh, I didn't. I don't watch uh, award shows. You guys watch award shows? I no. do. Do you? You do? Yeah. Are you a big award show person? No, but I watch them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I always feel like I I feel almost obligated to watch them sometimes, especially if you know you hop on a social media and that's in that bubble. That, that's what everyone's talking about, and you want to mm. just kind of mm-hmm. find out what's going on. But something about award shows is just I don't know if pretentious is the word to me, but I just I like the older I get, the less I care about who wins. Like, is it a thing where fans feel validated in their fandom of something if it wins? Is that I don't know. I think you just want to see your favorite people get recognized for their work. Yeah. And it's also Actually, interesting to me to f- see what the industry sees as the top choices in their their movies and stuff. Yeah. Fair. Fair. I don't follow anything other than like Oscars, Academy Awards, like Emmys. I, I understand that's basically the same thing, but for TV and yeah. the, t- in today's age, they're kind of blurring together. Yeah. But... um. But the reason I watch the Academy Awards is I want to be, I want to be aware, even if I don't see the movies, like I want to be aware that those are the movies that are, were considered, you know, these are the people Mm. that were considered. Um, It's kind of one of those things like, you know, I don't know, like when you're having that everyday conversation and people are like, oh, that person. And you're like, well, (laughs) is that for best, you know, actor last year or whatever, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of just play the field yeah. a little bit but i just don't follow like any tv or music like grammys to me is just a huge joke hmm. yeah i think a, a lot of people understand that a lot of these award shows are very political in terms of you know who you are like george lucas was uh an outsider so he was never gonna win any oscars because he was not a part of the hollywood inside crew mm-hmm. he kind of did his own thing and almost uh, rebelled against the director's guild so um stuff like that and scorsese like that guy didn't win till like departed that's insane you know what i mean but i i get i get the yeah. i get the allure of the award shows i think it's maybe like the the speeches and stuff and i, I don't know all that stuff but um anyway what one movie that should have won uh best picture is solo a star wars story i think we could all agree uh the best movie of we cannot agree um without question um what but did we, it lose to for visual effects again it had to have been uh, uh uh avengers probably it wasn't avengers it was something else because i remember being no. like you picked that over the gigantic space battles that they had to build from scratch I was like really offended. <laughs> Whoever won. Well, I only said Avengers because we all know that Infinity War came out a month before Solo. And was I, it 1917 I, or was that last year? That was last year. I just don't know what would have beaten Avengers at special effects in, in 2018. Maybe it was Lion King. It might have been Lion King. Could have been Lion Blade King. Blade Runner 2049. For visual, for visual fe- effects. I wow. thought that one for cinematography. No. Academy Award w- winner for best visual effects 2018, right? E- well, the Oscars, no. the Oscars were in 2019 to to acknowledge the 2018 movies. Yeah, so, so it would be 2019 well, pick. Yeah. First Man. That's what it was. First yes, Man? I, I was so mad. I was so mad. That movie is so overrated. Because the clip they even played like in the segment of visual effects was the Millennium Falcon like 
dodging TIE fighters and going through the maelstrom. And I was Man. like, so you picked... Ugh, I was Han, so annoyed. Han Solo is way yeah. better, way more of a hero than Neil Armstrong ever was, in my opinion. Well, if I <laughs> if I remember this correctly, usually usually with the Academy Awards, what they try to do is they try to do like achievement. So it's like if you've seen if you if you can watch a movie and you know how they did every one of the visual special effects, like then they didn't really achieve anything. They just did it again. And I think the thing with First Man was that they used a lot of like. The, the way that they did the visual effects like pushed visual effects forward if i if i, mean, I remember correctly eh, i'm calling shenanigans <laughs> it's, it's it's been a okay. long like star wars doesn't win oscars even in i know they never pick it yeah no, they so never pick it they always get nominated but they they don't win they're, they're like susan lucci in a way um <laughs> but uh that was a good callback thank you uh solo should have won best picture i will die in that hill um and i don't care what you say <laughs> Okay, um, but we want you to, to, and I pretty much did this as a segue for this, which is we want you to join us this Friday, September 25th at 8.45 East, U.S. East, for a Solo A Star Wars Story live watch-along party. Uh, watch with us on Disney Plus while hanging out with us on our YouTube channel at uh, Star Wars, what is it, youtube.com slash Star Wars Newsnet videos. We're going to be doing a live commentary, and we want everyone to be in the live chat, lighting that up, sharing your love for Solo and the Make Solo 2 Happen movement. Uh, we're also going to be reading your comments about the movie during our commentary via the Super Chat, so you can use that option to get your comments actually involved in our commentary of the movie. Typically, these commentaries we do just for Patreon, uh, but with Solo, mm-hmm. we're, the, we're the Solo uh, carriers of the torch, so we wanted to make a big, yeah. fun public event for everybody on this one, so... That's how you'll get involved with the uh, commentary itself. Uh, And uh, what else do I have here? Um, I mean, it's so that day, this Friday, is going to be the two-year anniversary that Solo hit home video. And sadly, it's also the two-year anniversary of Make Solo 2 Happen. Uh, And I say sadly because that means they haven't done it yet. Um, But the good news is that we are selling our brand new, finally, everyone's been asking for them for a couple years now, Make Solo 2 Happen enamel pins are going to be available on sale Mm. starting Friday for $12. Uh, And we are also bringing back the red variant Make Solo 2 Happen shirt and all of our Make Solo 2 Happen gear, including the classic t-shirt and anything else on our Teespring store will be on sale that night as well. So spread the word Mm. and yeah, most importantly, spread the word and be there Friday night, 845, youtube.com slash Star Wars Newsnet videos. And if you can't make it, I know a bunch of people already told us they won't be able to make it. Don't worry, the commentary is going to live there forever. And also for our patrons, and the audio version is going to be there for you on the website uh, to use whenever you'd like. If so, if you want to watch solo and you're like, you know what, I want to watch it with TRB, there you go. It'll be there for you guys. So mm-hmm. um, we hope everyone is able to join us Friday, uh, again, 845 on the YouTube channel, live commentary, and be there watching the movie. I'll be right there looking like this. And then you'll be hanging out with us on the YouTube channel and we'll chat it up and we'll have a great time celebrating solo because that's what it's all about. Uh, you guys pumped about this or what? Yeah, absolutely. I love solo. <laughs> I found it interesting, by the way. This past week, there every once in a while, there's like trends that go around on Twitter of like your favorite movie that made you cry or something like that. Hmm. The most recent one was like four movies that you love more than anyone else or you think you love more than anyone else, pretty sure. Um, hmm. And so... You know, I love Solo, but I I wouldn't say I love it more than anyone else because John exists. 
Um, so I couldn't put that because I was yeah. like, well, then I'm just straight up lying. Um, but I was very surprised by how many people put solo in their four. Did they really? So many people put solo on there. And I was like, oh, word. Wow. Well, hmm. looky, looky. Maybe you should join us. Yeah. So if you were one of those people, you better be watching along with us. Otherwise, you don't love Solo as much as you say you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, James, we uh, in terms of the, uh, the merch and stuff, um, I know you handle uh, that end of things for us. Uh, what are we talking? Are we doing 10% off Friday? Yeah, I think so. I think that's uh, the general thing. Nice. Um, and it's just cool that the, I'm the just red excited. shirt's coming back for some people. Didn't, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that one because I, I know I know we uh, we sold some on uh, the Make Solo to Happen Day, and I was really excited for anybody who got one because yeah. before before we did it, I ordered my own, and I like love that hoodie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like my favorite. Do you hoodie like now, it better so. than your uh, one in the world yellow one, gold one? I do. Yeah, <laughs> I actually right. do. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah. Um, if you guys have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at RBATSWNN. Um, you know how to find us on our personal accounts, too. But uh, just make sure you spread the word because a lot of people uh, may not be dialed into uh, the podcast, but they may love Solo. So, if they just want to hop on and, and do a, a fan watch along, almost like a celebration type of deal, um, it's going to be a really good time. So, tell your friends. Bring them along. It's free right there on the YouTube channel, Friday night, 845 east it's gonna be a blast uh but now we're gonna get into the resistance report uh go over the latest in news give our takes because uh, you don't come to podcasts to learn the news mm-hmm. you come to podcast for the takes the personalities the bravado and james is gonna take i don't us, know about that last i don't one. know either james you're gonna take us through these though what's up man it's the resistance well, we have the Emmy Awards. That's how we even got on the on the topic in the first place. And uh, the Emmy Awards were last week, and they have won five. The Mandalorian won five technical Emmys. There's kind of like two segments to uh, the Emmys. So right now we're on the technical segment, and those uh, particular Emmys were outstanding production design for a narrative program. Outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series, uh, and animation is included. Uh, outstanding sound mixing for a comedy, drama, or animation. Outstanding cine- cinematography for a single camera series. Um, and then the last one being outstanding special visual effects. Um, which, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, I think that that pops in with you kind of thought they were going to win special effects because they. Yeah. outstanding achievement like we're are, are the clear front runner as far as like pushing tech in this particular day for special effects and things like that so yeah. five emmys under its belt um along with all the other nominations that it got um mandalorian is is doing well right now yeah um uh lacy what did you think of the uh the the wins here it's not surprising it's something they deserved 110 mm-hmm. percent um they've pushed the boundaries of visual effects and just like filmmaking for television um, and potentially movies from what we're learning with Thor. Uh, yeah. So that there was no one even close, I think, this year that could have been like, ah, oh, yes, 
bring in Big Bang Theory. Like, get out of here. There's nothing else that could have <laughs> beat them in anything, I think, especially with visual effects. Um, mm. So I'm just like really happy for that team because I can only imagine the amount of work that went into it and the stuff we learned from the gallery series about how much they just loved the process of learning and tweaking and figuring out what works and how John Favreau has said that going into season two, they're even more excited of what they're 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 capable of doing. It's not mm-hmm. surprising at all that they won all these awards. And I'm so glad that they cleaned up because mm-hmm. that's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just looking at like outstanding production design with all the different alien species and things like that. Right. Yeah. And it's sound like, with Matthew yeah. Wood, like he's the best of the best. He deserves all the yeah. awards. He is. Mm-hmm. Yes. John thoughts? Uh, well, I'll, I'll echo what Lacey said. You know, it, it's not surprising that they won because you can't spell the Mandalorian without M-E, James. Uh, it's just a fact. Bringing it over from Twitter. Well done. <laughs> the letter M-E. M-E. That's how you do that. Oh. That together. Um, yeah, so it, it was, uh, in all seriousness, no, hmm. like seeing like Hal Hickel, Matthew Wood. There's Rob, no E in Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Oh, you're counting the? All right. What's the, what's the show called? I, all good. Keep going. <laughs> the Mandalorian. No, seeing a Hal Hickel, Rob Bordeaux, um, Matthew Wood, and all them uh, tweeting their um, satisfaction for the, for them personally. Obviously, it's a lot of effort, and a lot of people don't see that the, the duck's feet under the water. They see the final product. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's cool. And Star Wars winning Emmys is a, a new thing, of course, because... Here they are doing television, so to speak, for lack of a better word. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think it's great. One thing to, that stands out to me is uh, the outstanding cinematography for a single camera series was uh, for Chapter 7, and that is uh, Deborah Chow. And she's going to be doing Kenobi, so all good signs there for her. Uh, and a lot, I was uh, you know, interested to see that a lot uh, went to Chapter 1, which was Filoni in Chapter 2 which was uh, Rick Famuyiwa. Um, and I don't know if that's because they submit certain chapters for, for consideration. I'm not sure how that operates, but... Um, yeah, but- that's very confusing to me because yeah. it's, like, yeah. it's like, oh man, this whole show had all the same visual effects. So like... Yeah. Well, chapter two eight- with the sound was like they had the the mud horn, they had the Jawas, they had all the blasters yeah. and everything and the right. bird. Yeah, I guess I just think of it as like when you think of like a season of a show, sure. I feel like that should be like the movie. Then then like wherever there wherever it was in that show like Yeah. It's crazy cuz they have to select an episode from that season. So right. imagine like you yeah. pick the wrong one and then you don't win anything and you're like we should have submitted four and not yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, and again, you know, uh, breaking the fourth wall, we recorded this before the Emmys last night for the main awards. So we don't know if, uh, they took home awards for acting or anything like that. Um, yeah. but you know, we'll touch more on that next week, but all in all, it's, you know, it's good stuff and it's a win whether you like her or not. It's a win for Kathleen Kennedy because you can't say she worked on things that, uh, you didn't like and then say she didn't work on things that you liked. It's, She's the head honcho, so she deserves all the respect in the world for this because she made this show happen. And, of course, Favreau and all down the line. So, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we uh, there, there's other Mandalorian news. Uh, obviously, the what? season two trailer <laughs> dropped. Yeah. Um, now, the reason we're, we didn't make this like the boom, bang, headline story of the week uh, is because we have already done 
a like a trailer reaction and kind of discussion breakdown um you know on our channel uh, already so if you guys haven't seen that you can go and check that out now and actually see us uh uh w- at least me and Lacey John had to watch it one time at least for the website but uh <laughs> us we we're watching it for the very first time so it was a crazy reaction though you guys are way more observant than me where and and you guys have better reactions than I do like I when I watch a trailer <laughs> for the first time it is Forrest Gump sitting on the bench just oh yeah 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 um so go check out Forrest Gump sitting on the bench. No. Um no, but we we already we already kind of did that, but uh we did want to talk a, a little bit about uh the fact that it's here on the official podcast. Uh, the official trailer's here and the poster as well, which which as soon as I saw the poster, I was like, I'm buying that. Yeah. And I, you know, just I don't know if it was like made available to purchase, but I found a way to purchase it and I was hoping that it would be here, but it's not here yet. So maybe <laughs> next week. Um, but I actually bought the Japanese version too. Cause it, I don't know something about something about the typography is so cool. The typography. I know it's just like something about it makes it seem like it's deeper or cooler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, like you're more cultured or aware of it, but it really is just like a design thing. It just looks more so artistic. I guess so. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what, what, have we learned anything new, um, John or Lacey, since we since we've talked about the trailer on our like first initial watch? What are your What are your thoughts? Go ahead, Lacey. John. Oh, John. Well, yeah, I, I mean, Mister, I've watched it how many times now? Not as many as most people. Like mm-hmm. honestly, like not. A, you say nine as many as most people? <laughs> no, but I don't like. <laughs> I don't watch trailers a ton. I'm not. That's not like my thing. Like. Mm-hmm. Um and the frame by frame stuff like I had to edit and or proofread the our Star Wars Newsnet breakdown I didn't write it though but because someone else did I absorbed that info because I'm going through line by line and you know proofreading but yeah um so other people did a good job <laughs> observating uh observating the uh trailer um that's right observating yeah I think I think I like the <laughs> tone the color tones these blue and these dark blue things that are going on with season two as opposed to the uh, sepia uh sandy tones of season one yeah um i like that i also just feel like this season looks like it's gonna have richer environments um whereas the landscapes for season one were very wide open and horizon based i feel like this one's gonna be a lot of nooks and crannies and i like that type of um setting in in stories especially in star wars Uh, i think that's why i like stuff like empire strikes back where you're always like hiding and you're somewhere and you're underneath and you're I don't know. I love that type of stuff. Um, but in terms of what I learned, I don't know. Like, I, you know, Thursday, we're obviously going to get into a discussion about Star Wars trailers and and, and the whole mystique about them. But um, I think my biggest takeaway here is that I feel like Baby Yoda is going to be a little more grown up now and being a little more active. Um, and clearly by that funniest shot of him shutting uh, his pod, um, he's going to be more... Um, with it and involved and i'm just curious how far they take it so that that intrigues there for me uh and the other thing in terms of intrigue for me is um who who else is 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 coming in here they they put a lot of focus on the mandalorian and the child in this trailer um we got glimpses of other people like the sasha banks mysterious character in the hood and i've heard people say things as crazy as she's a knight of ren to she's uh um uh an inquisitor i know you who knows but uh, I, I, the frog. I, I, yeah, I like, 
that's a good one actually i like the fact that they didn't give us too much um and it uh, has me asking more questions than than when i came in for some reason i like that one thing um one thing i noticed that i didn't notice during the whole reaction is uh, some of the lines were just ripped straight from the season one and i never i i was like man it took me a while to like realize that and I went back and watched those scenes in the show and I'm like I kind of need to rewatch the Mandalorian I, I forgot a lot about this stuff yeah. I remember just a, just a little bit ago I was asking about the the mud horn thing I was like is that new or is that old and it's like yeah she makes that and and stitches it on him and says you're you're you know part of your um your your signet now and all this and you're a clan yeah. of two yeah. and all this stuff and I was like dude I need to rewatch this because I I've really, we unfortunately do the the Mando fan show. Unfortunately, uh, well, I mean, unfortunately, because we do it, it means that we watch it really early. It's like, okay, the fourth alarm was <laughs> snooze off, and you're like, and it's like you hear that Disney logo, that Disney logo, that Disney Plus logo, to me, just immediately takes me back to it being still dark outside and I'm trying to get the episode of Mandalorian or Clone Wars to start, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, so, um, so yeah, I don't know. Lacey, anything, anything to add that wasn't in the reaction trailer? Uh, not necessarily. I, I seem yeah. pretty boring on this topic, but it's because I've watched it so many times that I'm not sure mm-hmm. what I said when I initially watched it compared sure. to now. Um, I think this season has an overall tone of being way more serious than the first season. Now, I understand that I'm saying that when the first season trailer started with Stormtrooper heads on spike, like yeah. spikes, but it just seems more serious from the color tones and the music tones and just the character lines that they chose and like a lot of like staring compared to the first trailer um as in for trailer for season one um Mm -hmm. but i also think there's going to be a lot more action this time like there's a lot more flying around and jetpacks and x-wings and all such stuff which gets me super excited um but overall i'm just like really pumped to be excited for star wars again and for that build-up of something's coming um i've missed it a lot yeah me too Uh, yeah i am hoping uh if if there's a low point to the mandalorian there one of those episodes started with like some sort of dog fight or something and i was like this is a weak dog fight man it just feels like it's like ship moving this way uh, chapter five in this way yeah Gunslinger. yeah and it just i i want to i want to see something you know a little bit more uh, a couple more ships bit a little bit wider shot maybe or something just something about that seemed like a little too close for comfort mm-hmm. um and seeing the razor crest with the x-wings is something that like i'm like yes that starts to make a little bit more sense um, that feels a little bit more Star Wars, and I'm hoping that uh, maybe some of the series actually takes place a little bit more like in space and you know flying around in the ships. G- give me a little bit more of that. Like we all love Star Wars for for the stories and the characters and things, but I think we all think about Star Wars sometimes as like the Battle of Scarif or the Battle of Endor. You know what I mean? These like big starship space battles and stuff, and it's like 
I think Mandalorian right now is slightly lacking in that. But when I see X-Wings flying around, I'm like, this could be cool. You know, they could go that route as well. Um, so I don't know. That gave me a little hope. And I, I know I didn't really say that in the first first thing. And I just thought of it later. Well, yeah. One thing that I know I didn't bring up last time is the fact that, you know, we are missing uh, characters that we um, grew affections for that died in season one, like Queel. Uh, aka Ugnolty, as we call him on the no. pod um and uh, whoever runs the Ugnolty twitter account wrote uh like a, an rip to themselves but um <laughs> and then ig you know ig 11 so they they obviously yeah. need to introduce new supporting characters in this season now is it going to be the familiar faces that we've heard rumor about or are we going to get some new people uh, fresh faces is that Sasha Banks one of them because I feel like that's one of those things where oh it looks like a dark you know evil person but she's gonna wind up being like a good person on their side or I'm here to help I you didn't out I get or... evil from her at all it's just it's just the dark hood and it's I the got ominous... the I'm watching you trying to figure out the situation vibe I didn't get the uh, I'm going to attack you vibe you know it's I funny agree. it seems yeah it feels very um um Dang, I can't think of her name right now. But uh, the characters, uh, Bo-Katan and... <laughs> I can't think of her name. I don't know. The, Sabine's mom in The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And they were watching Ahsoka and they had the hoods up. Yeah. Mm. And they were like watching and then they would be like, they would like something would move in, they'd disappear and all that other stuff. Like it, it feels very... Clone Wars season seven vibe coming off of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we find out more that that's um, Ursa Wren is who I was thinking of. Yeah, um, but maybe it's maybe it's those characters are associated with those characters. Yeah, you know? I I don't think she gives off an evil thing, but they're trying to present it in this ominous way, where it's like, who's this? Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that character. I'm already no, that's my number one character, and I haven't even seen anything except her standing there. Your number one. I'm like obsessed with that character. I think it's so cool already. I mean, really? I have my yeah. you know hmm. reservations because she's never acted before. No, I think she looks great. Looks great. Sure, well, she's just standing yeah. there. Yeah, but but uh, <laughs> I don't. I've never seen her anything. I've never seen a clip from a show. You have to watch wrestling. That's all. She's, she's one of the done. best. No, I know, that's if what not I'm the saying, best like, female think, wrestler right now. So I don't watch wrestling, but I've seen John Cena. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like wrestle or whatever. Yeah. I've seen clips and things. I'm aware yeah. of like his presence. Well, I don't know anything. That's about what I found so person. funny. Like I, I tweeted and I was careful about how I tweeted. I said, uh, you know, Sasha Banks has never uh, has zero acting credits, but I trust Favreau in the process and I think they'll pull it off and do it right. And people are like, oh, she's such a great actor and wrestlers are great actors. I'm like, I'm not saying wrestlers aren't good at what they do, but acting and wrestling is a hundred times different and you need to do a lot less in terms of being a good actor than an actual actor on TV and film. I like, would argue that it's yeah. ch- it's changed as of I, the past, I would I, say, 10 years. I, I agree, but it's still wrestling, and I've watched it, and I would never give someone who in wrestling uh, a Golden Globe for their performance in wrestling. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. what we're really talking about here is we're talking about maybe, maybe three people that... that generally people are like okay with that have made that transition probably the rock john cena and then probably um even john cena big not guy a from good blade runner i know i know but i'm saying like i think arguably like you could see him in comedies and stuff you're like yeah his transition 
And and I'm saying fine. like she's probably gonna do a great job. But all I said was she's Dave never Batista. acted before, so you Dave have Batista. to be a little, a little uh, curious as how's it gonna go. That sure. Goes. Yeah. Yeah. Positive spin. Okay. But <laughs> speaking of giant Star Wars space battles, right? Oh yeah. We actually did kind of get something similar to this, and uh, right now, uh, Star Wars Reddit. The R Empire did nothing. Did nothing wrong. Oh. <laughs> is going crazy right now uh, because a, we is got that a this thread on there. There's a thread about the em- like from the Empire's. No, not a thread. It's a it's its own subreddit of like people oh, that wow. support yeah, Empire board, stuff. Yeah. That's a, that's Empire funny. did nothing wrong. <laughs> but um, yeah, Star Wars Squadrons released this six minute CG short uh, about. I mean, it was for promotion for the game, but in, in a sense, in essence, you're you're when you're playing the game you're either going to play on on the alliance side or you're going to play on the empire side and they have to kind of make those sides equal uh for story purposes for you to feel invested on the the dark side if you will and uh so they released this thing and and it's the from the empire's point of view and it's this character who says the fight's not over not for me um and i think generally this was pretty well accepted um I don't know what, what what did you guys think, Lacey? What, what, you start with this. Um, did, I you watched it? I assume. Yeah, I <laughs> I loved this. Honestly, I I thought it was so great, and um, I'm gonna admit that probably in the past year we've had some will of the force at some point that was like, will we ever see something from the bad guys' perspective? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. Why would they do that? It's Star Wars. The good guys are the good guys. Um, I loved this and I wish it was longer than six minutes. Like I wanted a full movie of from this perspective of Gray is the character's name. Um, I believe. Yeah. And um, yeah, from the beginning when the whole battle's happening, it's so epic. And then, you know, the ship leaves without him and you're like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen? And then he's like hiding from the X-Wing. Um, and for once, I felt super guilty because as I'm watching this, I was like really mad at the rebels. I was like, why are you hunting this guy? He's already down. Like what? Cause you picture them as kind of this group that's fighting for what's right. And it kind of goes into the last Jedi of like, who's really right. Who's really on what, who's the good guy. Who's the bad guy type of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But with this short in particular, like I never have had such a reaction of like, wow, this x-wing fighter guy really sucks and like i thought that the whole time and i was like the only part that i felt upset about what was happening to the x-wing fighter is when they shot the r2 unit and i was like no the r2 unit didn't do anything (laughs) but uh no i was i think my favorite part is at the end when he basically is flying through ship with no glass and like (laughs) it's falling apart and he uses the water to create a wall that then the x-wing hits the rock because he goes through like it's such a cool moment and the character reminded me a lot of poe dameron in the last jedi where he's kind of going against his leader to fight the bad guys which are the good guys Mm -hmm are they um and then like the moves he pulls where he swings it around really quick and stuff like that and he kind of has that like cockiness yet i can do this attitude it it reminded me of poe a lot but yeah i've never rooted for a bad guy so much before uh, uh, except like vader and rogue one but it was (laughs) really really good i really enjoyed it i i I loved the vader scene in rogue one 
I was. I know you um, love the Vader scene, but you weren't. You weren't sitting there thinking like, "Oh my God, those guys! They just stole that property." No, I was thinking, "Get them." Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, but not because they're bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, but I was still rooting for Vader to kill him. Yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah, too. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. yeah, you you're rooting for him, but you're like, but don't get to Leia. That's it. Right, which you knew, you, but you knew that he wasn't going to. Right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're excited to see carnage, but at the same time, you're not, you're not necessarily like, like what you're saying about this particular pilot, like, like for the first time, you felt like the rebels were the one who were hunting down these people, these innocent people, you know, in a, in a way. I don't know about innocent, but I was just on his. Well, side. he was di- he was unarmed. He was like already going down. Right, is, I think the way I see is were. like, why would you kick someone when they're already down? Like he's already mm-hmm. he yeah yeah I, I agree. and I get that's uh, part of war is like you know you got to eliminate the enemy but at this point he's like on his own anyway so it's yeah so I I agree with what you're saying Lacey because I felt the same way I was like wow I almost see their point of view here um but and it's funny how they do that because if you look at throughout the history of Star Wars and you look at Tie Fighter pilots. Um, they're faceless because you always see them in their helmets and in their masks mm-hmm. and they never have dialogue. They're always right. just this voiceless, faceless pod in a ship and you don't care about them. And all, all, all you see them as are mercenaries or um, soldiers. Um, you see that through other movies too. Like, I know you guys joke about Top Gun and stuff, but in Top Gun, like the bogeys and the, and the, the Russian pilots, the MiGs or whatever are all under black shields and they have no dialogue. Yeah. You're just, your goal is to see them as not human. And in this game, they humanize the TIE fighter pilot. His mask shatters. He takes it off. You're like, wow, that's a human being. Uh, and then on the flip side, they show you the X-Wing pilots and they don't give them any dialogue. The, he, he's the he's now the faceless, voiceless one, and they flip it on yep. you that way. I don't think you see his eyes either. I think he has like a thing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's completely down. So all you see is his mouth, and they dehumanize the X-wing pilots, and that's definitely a deliberate choice. And it's subtle, but it's there, and it, and it kind of sways you a little bit without realizing it. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. And then my favorite part was at the end where he's kind of just like he's like toast, but then he like re-engages by putting his busted up helmet back on and he's like i'm still in this um and the the visuals of it were fantastic like a lot of people said um because this isn't just you know me coming up with this idea a lot of people said they would love to just see a full movie out of this type of thing and i don't disagree i think this that'd would be, be so good as a it'd be movie. very expensive yeah. but i think it'd be really awesome and i'd be totally down with that type of star wars to st- storytelling uh maybe more so than standard animation or or the current animation they're doing but mm-hmm. um e- either way I, think- I, I don't know that i'm going to buy a system at this point i know people are going mm-hmm. crazy about the ps5 and um, I assume this is going to be on PS5 and whatever the latest Xbox is or uh, whatever the latest consoles are. I think it's PS4 are. as well. I could be wrong yeah. because it's for PlayStation VR, which I don't is know, already built for I don't know that I'm going to play it, but yeah. uh, I'm going to watch the story mode. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm vested in the story because it's interesting and it's unique and it's taking an era that we know really well that's been beaten to a pulp and it makes it still feel kind of fresh. Um, so, and I'm really excited for Star Wars fans who are big gamers because everyone seems to be down with this. And that's something we have to uh, be happy about because that's hard to find. Always mark as a win. Yeah, that's a win. 
That's a win. And I hope it, when it comes out, it delivers because a lot of people were excited about Battlefront and that didn't go so well for people. So um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm interested to say the least. I don't know that I'm going to get into gaming, but I, I really dig what, what went on here and that whole narrative flip that they did um, with the visualization and lack of dialogue and reversals uh, is very cool. Yeah, I it's Star Wars is weird to me because like obviously I, I loved all this and I think that this stuff was the it was really cool. I think the hyper realism was what maybe won people over on the animation side of it. Like generally they're looking at like you know Ezra or something and they're like yeah it looks like a cartoon, but like all of a sudden now when you're like seeing someone like that, um, that it, it feels a little bit more like live action. That's uh, a good so yeah so connection with it. Do you mean by that like how Ezra almost looks like? If you, it's like when they make a human version of The Simpsons, you're like, geez, that's weird looking because they just take oh. the proportions and just make it human. Ezra would look weird if they did that, if they just tried to make it look like a real human being. This yeah, guy looks I mean, like an actual, like, proportionately a human face. Is that what I you mean? I mean, I think, I, I think you're right. And I think, I think they have done human versions. I mean, even in this game, we see Hera as, you know, realistic or like right. human yeah, character that's fair. version. Yeah. Sure. And, and it seems fine. You're like, oh, wow, that that's crazy. That's her. Um, but I feel like as soon as you start to make like a lot of those characters and you like make the action and it all kind of looks, I mean, it doesn't look hyper real, but it's like way closer to real than, um, you know, other uh, like Star Wars Clone Wars. You know, obviously that's like an art style um, and it kind of looks more cartoony than than um, real. Um, the, the one weird thing I will say is I... I think generally people do side with the rebellion, the Alliance to restore the Republic because of how the empire treats the soldiers. And anytime we ever try to see these stories from the soldiers point of views, they really kind of break their own story a little bit. Um, so some like, for instance, like you take, um, uh, I don't know, like, like, um, man callous from rebels you know what i mean like part of his thing was when when he was started to do like really well or or whatever like nobody really cared about him like when he was lost he knew no one was coming for him um this actually happens quite a lot um in like say like lost stars for instance like sienna re she has these like issues with the way that they treat their pilots and how they're just like nameless faceless you're not supposed to um actually in alphabet squadron as well famously like it, it just they don't care about their pilots so when he crashes and then they're like it shows like these other pilots coming and like looking for him that's something the rebels would do that's something the good guys would do they go looking for their mm-hmm. people yeah but it is it's uncharacteristic of the empire and in fact that was a big portion of solo in the back backstory to that character he was in the academy mm-hmm. hit somebody was hurt he went out of his way to save that person and he got reprimanded and kicked out of it now it's all deleted scene right but they were like you don't go and find other people right that's not what we do in the empire and he's like that sucks i don't agree with that so he, he like abandoned so sometimes when i see these stories where they're trying to build up like oh the empire they're people too and they're just trying to like their day-to-day and stuff it's like no, I think what we've been taught is that the Empire like brainwashes these people and they 
abandon each other yeah. and they're all out for themselves and other stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I think for the point of the game in order to have a, a left and a right like team thing, yeah, it makes sense. But sometimes I feel like the story is a little like, well, they better explain how why the why this particular battalion or something is different. You know? Um but yeah, I don't know. Just that it's a little bit of thing for me sometimes when people get like empire on the side of the empire i feel like it's a little bit like but that's why they're the bad guys yeah i think a lot of it's in jest though i think it's like when in the office sure. when everyone was saying that prison wasn't that bad just to get under michael's skin it was like obviously <laughs> the empire is bad we all get that it's just yeah, you yeah. know it's fun to flip uh, sides yeah um a couple other things that happened this week though another thing related to to video games is that anthony daniels officially announced that he was returning to voice the character c3po um in the star wars tales from the galaxy's edge vr uh game experience um so the kind of something that we had already knew was, was going to happen but they kind of boosted up the star power of it by bringing in yeah. uh one of the live action you know original trilogy characters to come in and be another one of these characters and they put out a new trailer for it um still looks cool lots of c3po in the trailer obviously uh to showcase him but i wonder uh, what he gets what what do you think he gets paid for this type of gig i don't know i need to know what he gets yeah also i mean depends on how much he gets paid for other jobs too no i know i'm just you know what i mean yeah i'm always wondering i mean it's not the biggest portion of this but it's you know it's always good when the uh legacy actors can come back though like it it's one of those things where they know when they put this out no one's gonna be like oh you know enough with that guy <laughs> no one's saying that <laughs> um it was interesting to hear him say he was like a resistance fighter i was like oh word <laughs> or a spy yeah, yeah that was i found that to be a little strange too yeah but and i'm still curious so is this one of those things where he is going to be like the person in the game who helps you like all right now we gotta yeah you know, steers you in the direction you gotta go oh, probably okay. yeah, yeah yeah looks like it because i don't want c3po to abandon like his neuroses and like his because him saying he's a resistance spy is a little strange to me because he's such a neurotic scared little well butler. then they have the next <laughs> shot is like him with the uh salacious crumb character was like, he? I, he was I, like throwing something, and he was like, hur, hur, hur. "It wasn't oh. him, but it was like that species, Quacky, yeah, monkey, yeah. monkey, whatever." Lizard. So yeah. like, then you see him being like, "Oh, like back to yeah. normal." So you're I like, did like oh. him smacking R two. Oh yeah, he likes yeah. to smack R two. This, this takes R2 place that. closer to sequel trilogy time, doesn't it? But it's Isn't again, the- it's all these, all this Galaxy's Edge stuff is between eight and nine. Oh, it's between eight and nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which I, they they got to figure out what's going on now because now we're we're post nine. So when we're going to Batu, are we going back in time? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Because I I can't imagine that they would change <clears throat> things just for that sake. I think that I feel like they're it, gonna have to. Batu takes it, place in a certain time frame. Yeah, Kylo Ren's dead at this point. Once they yeah, yeah. once once they figure out where they're going after episode nine and maybe they have God forbid I say it, something mapped out for uh post episode <laughs> nine stories, they may shift Batu to that timeline. But until then they won't make it. I don't know, man. I think they're really happy with like like for instance, like what Lacey just said, like Kylo Ren is dead. So if they they move out of that, I think they like the idea of the era of like 
Darth Vader dies at the end of Return of the Jedi. So if you were going to have a park, you'd put it after Return of the Jedi. Like that doesn't make sense. You no, want to put I, yeah, it I think Batuu, right in between yeah. A New Hope and Return of the Jedi, like somewhere in the middle there. Galaxy's um, Edge banks the, on like The Force Awakens. That's literally what Disney's like. Hey, remember this billion dollar movie we made? That's basically what the park is. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think it's just it's the sequel trilogy in general. Sure, not but just it's the one Kylo movie, Ren with his mask on, without with the his mask on. It. I think there's a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple things in there, but um, before the dark. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, episode nine, we uh, most people I would say that were paying attention to leaks and rumors and other things like that probably came across the big like baby, baby head, head with the spider. And uh, it was referred to as the Oracle or or some type Web-ish of Oracle character, Bob. like a. Um, well, the, I was going to get to that. Yeah, the, the coming kind of from like the Matrix or something, like someone who you go to find information. Um, it, it was famously cut though; never made the movie. Um, we think they may have filmed it. Uh, there's some scenes and stuff in the artwork and all that. Um, but, uh, in the novelization, the character was realized and they did put those scenes in there and we got the name of the character, which is the eye of webbish bog. Well, the eye of webbish bog is actually making his actual, I mean, the books are Canon, but like Canon, Canon, um, visual uh, debut here visually. Yeah. Yeah. In the, uh, Darth Vader comic. Um, we don't know a whole lot other than they just showed the cover, but it's quite interesting to know that Darth Vader, like full on Darth Vader is going to be somehow interacting with this character, which we surely know that this character already did because he's got the, yeah. um, It's interesting. If this is more than, if this cover is literal in terms of where this thing is located, um, the climate certainly, uh, shifts on this planet. Um, as we, as we saw in the rise of Skywalker, but that thing was literally coming out of a swamp and a bog in the rise of Skywalker where here it's right in the middle of that lava there. Um, but, uh, they definitely filmed the scene at black rock, uh, in like a lake or pond and they had it filmed Mm -hmm. and Neil Scanlon said it was basically just cut because it wasn't necessary for them to all that. All it did in the movie was point Kylo Ren to where he has to go to get the stone. And they were just like, we didn't. It's not necessary. Just have him slide the thing after he kills the I people. I still wanted to see it. I, I do too, but I get why things. they. I get why they cut it. This is one well. of those things that, like, it makes me mad seeing it on a comic book because it mm-hmm. is so Star Warsy when you look at it. Especially not this version, but like the actual version where it's in the water and it's. I'd love to see and, the scene. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It makes I hope me they're so really angry. Yeah, in the I special edition. Maybe the they'll idea. bring it back. That all it did was point him to the stone, but I would have rather it it like said, "Oh, you you know, you're here. You're the one I was waiting for," and it like gives it to him, right? Or, or talks about the been... prophecy or some type of explanation to the rest of the movie. Like, there's so many things they could have done with this character that would have been really cool. And I feel like it's being wasted on Dark Va- uh, Darth Vader because I feel yeah I feel like it's something that should have been highlighted in the sequel trilogy and it's one of those really cool things that like everybody saw glimpses of probably August of last year before uh the rise yeah, of Skywalker because they made miniatures of it that are in the documentary yeah and, and he talked Neil Scanlon talks about it he's like oh we have this thing right here and there's pictures of him talking about it um and you know here on the show we always joked about like baby spider head like 
it was just like one you of those know, things that was really cool and I feel like it would have been really awesome to see in the movie so why are you, we giving it to Darth Vader comic books I agree with you it, you, you know what's interesting um, about hmm. this is if you go back to the interviews I forget who he did them with but Neil Scanlon did interviews talking about this scene and that they filmed it he said J.J. Abrams pushed really really hard for this to go beyond concept and get in the movie and they did it to the point where they filmed it and I think this might have been I hate I don't want to stir any feathers this could have been like one of those things where Disney's like this movie is too long we don't want a three hour Star Wars movie you need to make cuts but yeah Avengers is 17 hours long (laughs) yeah but yeah with Star Wars I guess it's just their whatever their approach was it's different and whatever didn't absolutely have to be in the film got cut and this is one of those things so i think abrams by all accounts according to neil scanlon pushed for this thing and it's uh it's one of those like that's eh, so hard i hate that we had to do that and like you heard ryan johnson talk about some scenes with luke he had to cut in in the last Jedi. It's a, i bet it's mm-hmm. so it's so so much anguish if you're like a filmmaker like i i did not want to cut that like oh my god it's not just like screw that so yeah. it's interesting it, it, i get spicy like, every once in a while and this is something that i'm getting spicy about because i feel yeah. like we haven't gotten any sequel trilogy content re- lately it's like it didn't exist disney's just ignoring <laughs> it and they're like okay but like here's another darth vader thing you guys like darth vader right and then like yes i love the mandalorian i'm super excited about it i'm wearing a baby yoda shirt it makes sense i'm pumped and i just said that but yeah. like why are we not getting any content about ray or Finn, or Poe, or anybody. Like, th- it's just like it didn't happen. Well, the only thing you're getting is the <laughs> Tales from Galaxy's Edge. I'm getting the baby head on a Darth Vader comic. Like, why am I not getting a story about that with Kylo Ren and, and Rey and stuff? How, I, do, I, I don't know this. How far back do our comics in production... I definitely know that, you know, when they talk about Rebels, they're like, oh, we're two years yeah. ahead before those episodes air that we start working on them. I'm curious if, it, if at one point this this particular piece was in conjunction with the movie and then the scene got cut and they're like, well, we can still do it in the comic, whatever. But like the point was to see it there first and then who wrote this? get payoff later. Um, no, there's no names on the cover. I mean, there might be. So remember last year, I could be wrong. Wasn't maybe, it Charles Soule did Darth Vader? La- yeah, last year at the right publishing back? panel, Lacey, didn't they say Charles Soule's writing more Darth Vader? He m- Maybe. Or was it he Greg He seems Pack? like the only one that's writing him. <laughs> yeah. Was it Charles Soule or Greg Pak? I don't know. I that's what I just said. So I don't know. Either one of the one of yeah. the. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. actually, yeah, I, I so don't really So if that's the case, the then maybe it's a year, um, something like that. Which then theoretically could make sense. Like, I don't know when they cut that scene. Yeah. Um, I just want more stories. We could probably with look up characters. when they said like it's wrapped, it's done, it's in the books. Yeah. So, if anybody that, from Lucasfilm is listening, please give us something else. I think when it comes to, I agree with you, Lacey, and I think all of us like the sequel trilogy. Um, I think their approach now, and who knows with the whole Kathleen Kennedy thing. I think letting it breathe as a statement is a cop out. Who said that? Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy, Kennedy said she's, she's letting it yeah. breathe. No, I I mean her situation because it, you know you, uh, the more I think I think she's on her way out. Yeah. So I think that might be a big. And I know part people are going to listen to this and be like, "Wow, Lacey sounds so entitled and like a brat." But hey, look, I want more Star Wars, and I'm sick of seeing <laughs> Darth Vader get seventy two comics. 
I think we're going to see more Ray stuff in the future, without a doubt. Yeah. I don't recognize either one of the names that you guys said on the issues uh, four and five of this. Oh, okay. Who are four and five? Um, For writers. Gre- oh, Greg Pack, you said. There you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it is. Yeah, Greg Pack. He's great. And then, yeah, two other people. Yeah. So that, right. that's who's writing Vader right now. All right. And look, I, I get this is probably a wonderful story. It really is. But I'm like really disappointed that the baby spider head wasn't in the movie. It also depends on what they do with it. Like, you know, overall, how I, I wanted about- more creatures and stuff in all these movies. And I feel like we didn't get mm-hmm. them. We got like a scene with a bunch of stuff in it. And then they're like, here you go. And then we didn't get any toys. We didn't get anything. It was just like, here's a 13th version of Kylo Ren with a cape. And I'm like, okay, but what about all the aliens and creatures and stuff that are like the coolest I, part? Because I think I think they're scared. Like they make all the they make the toys. The toys don't sell. Yeah. You know, I like I know people, I know people buy the toys, but what do you mean? I, I had a friend. Toys? I mean, people do buy the toys, but <laughs> the thing is, is like I think the the whole world of like merchandising like it we used to think of it back in the day and also when you think about how much how many toys and things there are there for the original trilogy those those toys have had years to build up like power of the force didn't come out when the movie came out they came out in the years later yeah so it's like we still have years and years and years of sequel trilogy toys to come in the future um just right now it feels like they're limited to like a just a small amount of stuff and that's because when they put all that out they can only sell so much because they are competing with the marvels yeah. and the my little ponies or whatever i think also they the see it as like oh baby yoda is selling like crazy so let's just make more of that yeah sure yeah what i was gonna say about the vader thing back to that um it depends on how they handle it in terms of my perspective because i don't like the mopey vader stuff i like dark um full dark full mm-hmm. evil vader that's mm-hmm. his purpose mm-hmm. i don't like this whole he's in his chamber crying and thinking about padme <laughs> nonsense watching so, golden girls if he yeah if he's talking to the, yeah if he's talking to this i mean oracle, he leads to suffering john yeah if he's talking suffering if not he's ta- being hate leads to happy <laughs> killing people you done <laughs> if he's talking to this oracle and it's like this is what could have been and it's like oh it's a wonderful life for christmas carol like this is what your life could have been i'm gonna toss that comic in the garbage but the suffering john yeah i'm suffering right now (laughs) trying to get through these comments um all right so we gotta move along we're we gotta let's burn through the last story there james um liam neeson being pray uh praising the phantom menace uh specifically Ahmed Best. Yeah, he just was doing an interview and um, I think this is all led to say because I saw John's comments on Twitter that this is a little bit of a setup for him returning I Obi-Wan so. Kenobi. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think um, it's, you know, him dipping his foot back into Star Wars. He hasn't really talked about it at all over the course of 20 years. Um, aside from like, oh yeah, that was fun to do. It was cool to swing around a lightsaber, but uh, he's digging his foot in a little deeper here and talking about the movie. And it's almost like one of those things like, it's okay to like this now? Okay, all right. So uh, I liked it. Uh, and then of course, praising Ahmed Best, no brainer um, there. No one's going to say anything bad about Ahmed Best right now, even if they don't like Ahmed Best. So, um, and I do, I think he's great. Um, so I, 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 I think it's a book it for me that it, Qui-Gon's coming back in the Kenobi series. That makes a ton of sense, especially he was the mm-hmm. one and they set it up where Yoda told him, 
um, you know, an old friend has learned how to communicate through the Force, and Obi Wan said Qui Gon, so it's set it right there on a on a platter. And I think it's yeah. it's ten year gap, so I think when we see him, it's not going to be the first time they see each other. It's going right. to be oh, here's the next time we're talking, and I think it's going to be yeah. a cool scene. You know, it's funny too, because um, I, I definitely think you're right I, I, that he's coming back because he he does so many movies and stuff now that I, I don't think, you know, a TV show or, or having a cameo in this to return to like one of his bigger known properties. How many be... movies about a runaway train can you make before sure. I was like, yeah, I'll come uh, back to Star Wars. You know, and it's funny too, because uh, Ewan McGregor often gets the like highlight of the prequels, but uh, I don't think anybody really was like, oh my God, like Liam Neeson just phoned it in on that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I actually think people generally think that he was great. a really yeah. bright part and the only problem with the phantom menace was that he was killed early which obviously is like we, we look at the whole trilogy now and we're like oh that's part of the story but like um or even the bigger star wars but yeah what well, Lacey, what do you think of uh liam neeson and why he would be talking phantom menace specifically now i love liam neeson he can't do anything wrong um and i love the phantom menace it's my favorite prequel movie so i'm I'm loving all the prequel love for The Phantom Menace because I feel like out of the three, oh, I guess Attack of the Clones gets a lot more garbage than The oh, Phantom yeah. Menace. But I Big love time. The Phantom Menace. I always have loved The Phantom Menace. I think it's super fun. Um, so I'm excited to see them talking talking about it and saying how great it is and giving Ahmed Best his, his time to shine, so to speak, even though... Um, he had to go through what he had to go through to get to this point. I don't think he'd probably change anything because he's become who he is today. But um, it's nice to hear other people acknowledge him. Like Natalie Portman's writing to him on Instagram and stuff. Like, it's just really oh, yeah. cute. Yeah. Um, the idea that he'll be in Kenobi is awesome. I hope I hope that happens. Um, yeah. It seems like a no-brainer, like John said. But yeah, I think it's great. Super pumped. Yep. Um, well, that's uh, that's everything this week for Resistance Report. Uh, Lacey, you want to take us into the next section? Yeah. So, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are a lot of different ways you can support us. You can like, comment, and subscribe on this video on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. You can follow us on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. Or if you want more than that, like extra content, mailings, Discord chats, much more, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at $2 a month, um, going up into the tiers, you get more access. And we put so much work into this Patreon page, guys. Like, I know for a fact we put out more content than anybody else. And that's not like a bragging thing. That's just because we love it so much. Um, So before I get started... We want to thank our generals. That's our top tier. So thank you to Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Mike Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Russ Harbison, and Kendall Gelnar. Thank you guys so much for your support. It means so much to us. Um, so this segment, as you guys probably know, is where we give our generals a chance to be on the show. So we ask them a question, they give us an answer, and then we react to it. So this week we have General Andrew. Andrew, what's up? Uh, and we asked him, knowing Pedro Pascal will be uh, spending more time in the Mandalorian suit for season two, how much do you think we'll see of Din, J- Din Djarin, uh with his helmet off this season? So, Andrew, take it away. 
I think the time that we see uh, the Mandalorian with his helmet off in season two is going to be very limited this year. Um, I know Pedro Pascal has been rumored to be back in the outfit uh, for a more extended period of time. Uh, but with the code and uh, this is the way and the fact that the helmet staying on is uh, such a massive part of being a Mandalorian. Um, I just don't see the, think we'll see the helmet off much unless it's a, a moment that's going to lend some emotional weight to an episode. Um, just because the the bando and his look is part of um the show and and marketing and everything but i think uh obviously we will see pedro pascal without the helmet on at some point but it's going to be very very limited thanks a lot guys uh, may the force be with you all right andrew great job very good job john what did you think yeah. of his answer uh logical uh, very to the point um yeah, I mean, uh, it's common sense what you're saying, I guess. Um, a lot of good points there, Andrew, in terms of if they do it, it's going to be an emotional uh, weighted point, just like when he took it off in uh, season one at the end there, when he thought he was dying. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling we'll see more than we did in season one. Uh, you seem to not think that way, but I agree that his identity is with that helmet on and the whole this is the way and the code, it all makes sense. So uh, you make great points. It's hard for me to argue against it. Um, and uh, other than that, hope you're enjoying the, uh, the NASCAR playoffs. Looks like uh, by this point, my boy Blaney may have been knocked out, but I uh, hope you're, yeah, I know your boy is retiring. He's not in the playoffs, but I hope you're still enjoying them. And uh, you're doing well, man. Have a beer for me next time you go to that bar because I, I miss being able to sit at a bar. So enjoy it, buddy. <laughs> James? They're called playoffs? That's weird. They're not called like race-offs or something? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it seems, seems odd. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, uh, Andrew. Uh, actually, you know, I think you make it even more clear. I was starting to lean in that whole, like now that they've taken his helmet off and, or now that he's more involved in the show and sees a success or whatever, like they could actually kind of show his face and I'd be still down if they did do that. But your points canonically hold way more truth, uh, to what I think they could do just from like a showcase of the actor standpoint. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down with what you're saying. Like just because, you know, he took off his helmet at the end when he thought he was dying doesn't mean that the code changed. Um, he's, he's going to leave that thing on and, uh, that's the look of the show. That is the Mandalorian. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. And thanks. Thanks for the video. And thanks for being in general. Yeah. Andrew, I completely agree with you. I think, on more of a production side, it's a lot easier to manage stunts and different stunt fighters when the helmet's always on, like, because you're not going to know who it is. Um, you probably will by the way people walk and mannerisms and whatnot, but um, when the helmet's on, you can't argue if something's Pedro or not. So I think that a lot of those fight scenes, he's still going to remain with the helmet on because then they can switch people in and out and you won't even know. Um but yeah, I agree with you. Thank you so much for your support. It means so much. You're the best. Uh, hope all is well. And now we're going to hear from the rest of the TRB community in Ask the Ooh. Resistance. John? I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? That's right. It is time for Ask the Resistance. Thanks for everyone who has sent in questions. Uh, you sent a bunch. Um, we only have time for three uh, this week, but uh, we'll try to get to uh, more next week. But keep them coming. We really appreciate it. Anytime you want to send a question in, you don't even have to tweet it at us. Just use the hashtag Ask the Resistance and I'll find it. And uh, if it's something I feel like it would lead to a cool discussion on the show or if it's fun, interesting, makes us think, uh, we'll, we'll get it on here. So I uh, appreciate it. Um, keep those coming. But um, this week we have uh, Will Beeman 
at Papa Star Wars. Very interesting. Very interesting <laughs> handle. Cool handle. I think Will um, is the one that had that sweet George Lucas shirt in the virtual canteen. Oh, is that Will? I'm pretty that, sure. That's uh, a cool shirt. Um, you should stop wearing that shirt, put it in a frame, and then put it on the wall. Put it in a museum because it's yeah. art. Yeah. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. Uh, all right, Will. Uh, you said, do you think we will see any of the main cast from, uh, we were just talking about these people, the sequels come to Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022 for autographs and photos. I mean, Lacey, you're our uh, celebration expert, so uh, why don't you tackle this one? Do you think um, those who were instructed not to do them last time, do you think they'll be coming around for some cash <laughs> in 2022? I think people love cash. I think money is good, and uh, you know, no one's ever going to say no to money. I think with the sequel cast in particular, when I worked for Celebration, which was 2015 and 2016, um, they weren't allowed to come sign stuff uh, from Lucasfilm and Disney. They were blocked from doing that. So I feel like now that their contracts are up, the movies are over, as we've seen with John Boyega. They're more open, Daisy, with their experiences, and Oscar as well. I think if the price is right, <laughs> I think they'd be more than willing to come uh, to come sign for a day or two. Because even some of, probably I wouldn't say like big A-list people, so like a Paul Rudd, who's great, but I wouldn't say he's like a Robert Downey Jr. He makes $100,000 a day. So like... You're not going to say no to that. So mm. it's like, why wouldn't you do it? You know, it really depends. I on found 20 bucks the other day on the ground and I was like, I'm rich. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of these people, well, maybe not a hundred thousand. That's a lot, but I mean, some people do make that, but if you're, if you're banking like $30,000 a day in autographs and, and photos, just to stand there, sit there and talk to people for 30 seconds, it really depends on what, uh, you know what they're looking to make because I know one of the guests that was floating around back in 2017 was Adam Driver and he was looking for $100,000 for one day so it really depends what the price tag is so yeah hopefully must be nice must be nice I kind of th- I kind of thought you were going to say no on all three of them not a chance no, I mean, they don't want to revisit it John has already done autographs he did autographs for Awesome Con so that was kind of a weird loophole where he, how did he get around that? It, it was but some this, weird. That was all before GQ article, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. But I don't, I honestly don't yeah. think any comments that they make right now is going to impact how Disney and Star Wars interacts with them. They're still the heroes mm-hmm. of this franchise. Um, I get that. And especially yeah. his comments, like you can't, you can't disregard what he's saying, especially in the current climate of how he feels and how the situation worked out for him. Um, mm-hmm. I think it literally just depends on timing, scheduling, and money. But yep. I would assume if any of them was going to do that, it would probably be John Boyega or Daisy. I can't see Oscar doing that, but that's yeah. just my uh, And I'd be afraid for Adam Driver if he did it. <laughs> I don't think Adam Driver would do it. I think that's why his price tag was so big when it was being floated around is because he didn't want to do it. So instead yeah. of saying no and being the guy that said no, he just threw a big price tag out there. So then people were like, well, we don't have that in our budget. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. It's like, just like assigned to this for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> Adam Driver's like, I'll do it for $25 million. And they're like, no, we can't do that. He's like, oh, well, I tried, guys. Yeah, I tried. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, all I right. I that answer uh, your question, Will. Sorry, there was a little bit of a runaround answer. No, I mean, Lacey, you got uh, the inside track, so I'm sure people want to hear it for sure. Um, all right. Uh, James, uh, Anthony Lamb at Anthony Lamb. Way to get your handle, Anthony. Woo. <laughs> That's uh, that's a thing I started saying a long time ago. Way to get your handle. Uh, why have the Mandalorians and other forgotten about the Jedi, even though they were prominent until 30 years ago? Could it be the result of an intentional campaign of disinformation by the Empire? This was like my pitch. I guess my pitch was. <laughs> I was going to say that, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, James, what do you think here? Why does it seem... I guess he's going by what, the, what was said in the trailer. Uh, it almost seems like the Mandalorians, like this ancient uh, group of wizards or yeah the trailer slash season one yeah, I, yeah yeah i guess um to me that i think just about everybody has kind of had that question of like what it wasn't really that long ago that there were like all these wizards ruling the galaxy like what's the what's the thing that's going on and i have um i've kind of come to the conclusion that 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 you're right here i think there is this kind of like force that the empire is trying to, to push on everybody to like shut out those as like stories and stuff. Now, granted, I mean, it's kind of hard to, to ignore, you know, the fact of the matter that the galaxy was ruled by those people. But I still think even when the galaxy had the Jedi kind of watching over them, I think they, there was still a little bit of like, not really trust in like the religious aspect of it. Like they knew that the Jedi were there and they knew they were religious. Um, but they, I think the, the whole idea of the force and manipulating things and stuff like that was still kind of always like a, well, if I can't do it and I've never seen it happen, I got to imagine that stuff is just fake. And even when the Jedi like would come to a, a, a planet and do things like that, I think people were still pretty amazed at their power and really didn't quite understand it. And then when the Empire comes along and says, that's because they didn't really have powers. It was a trick. They were crazy. They tried to do everything. I think most people are like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like, okay. I've never seen anything that made me, you know, believe in an all-powerful force like Han Solo. Right. Um, uh, not to mention too, like if you think about like when the uh, original trilogy from the prequels time frame happened, it that it would be like, it'd be like kind of like that stuff all going down like in the late, like mid eighties, early nineties, like when people of like generally our age were fairly pretty young, and so we don't really remember the Jedi as the Jedi, we kind of remember that to us sounds like, yeah, I don't know, like when Roosevelt was president and like, we don't, I mean, we kind of know the history, but we don't really like remember it or like have it, have remembered being there and experiencing what it was like when the Jedi were there. So I think in all generations across the galaxy, we're, we're pretty well beyond the, the rule of the Jedi. That was a long answer. I'm sorry, but I think all that to get to, I think you're right. I think it was the empire pushing down the, the truth of sense. what uh, the Jedi were. All right. Right on. Uh, thank you, Anthony. Thank you, James. Uh, all right. This uh, last one here. Um, I'll try to tackle this one. This is from Fred Quadros at Fred D 
Quadros. Uh, what is up, Fred? Uh, I'll give you a way to get your handle on that. I'm not sure what the other D is there. Is that your middle name? Fred D. Quadros? Or are you Freddy Quadros? Uh, do you believe Cobb Vanth, uh, the Tatooine Sheriff from Aftermath novels, will really feature in Mandalorian Season 2 and the implications of bringing in a book-only character to the screen if it means even more canon synergy? So um, I'm buying in on this. Uh, I know a lot of people more observant than me um, took to uh, screenshotting and they're like, I think that's Boba Fett's armor on the back of this jetpack or back of the speeder and there's a Mando helmet there and it's on Tatooine and we saw the Razor Crest flying over a Bantha with a uh, Tusken Raider. So that to me is telling us we're going back to Tatooine. I don't think there's going to be another another sand planet that has Banthas and Tusken Raiders. So I think we've only seen Tusken Raiders on Tatooine as far as I know. So uh, it would make sense to me. Um, I think some pretty solid trades reported that Timothy Oliphant's coming to uh, Mandalorian. Um, I don't think he denied that. I don't think anybody denied that report. Uh, so I'm beginning to believe that's true. He was He's known for doing Western-type shows, um, Justified, and uh, I forget what the other one was. Someone in the comments is going to correct me on he's this He's also one, the mean Jurassic boyfriend Park, and the, boy, the, the girl next door. Yeah, right. Um, but in terms of that Western style cowboy hat gunslinger type thing, he's he's known for doing that and he's a good actor. And um, it, I could see him playing Cobb Vanth and, and doing this role. So I, I, I'm buying in. I, I think so. I don't think they're just going to toss Boba Fett at us here. Um, so maybe this is another one of those side stories that Favreau's talking about where we follow other people doing other things in this show and it's not always just going to be focused on the Mandalorian. Favreau really said he likes what Game of Thrones did where all of a sudden for, for an episode we're going over here while this character you like is over here. We're going to let them chill for a little bit and go this way and maybe this is another side adventure we can go on where you have Cobb Vanth and maybe Boba Fett's on his trail and then you have the Fennec Shan thing involved here. Why did it sound like Boba Fett was approaching her? Maybe it was this guy. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm all in on this. Uh, I think all signs point to it working. So uh, if that's what you were saying in a way, Fred, then I agree with you. I think maybe we'll see Cobb Vanth make the crossover from book only to live action. I'm on board with it. Let's do it. And who better than Timothy Oliphant to do it? So um, hope you dug the answer. But uh, yeah, that's it. We had a couple more, but we're up on time. So we're going to cut it there. Uh, but keep the questions coming. Use hashtag AskTheResistance. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at RBATSWNN. If you're shy or not a social media person, email us at resistancebroadcast at gmail.com. We're checking that email every day all of us. So we'll see them and we'll get them involved. And so we appreciate everyone uh, making, adding to the show. Thank you all so very, very much. Um, uh, and that brings us to the end of the show. So uh, we want to just remind you again, uh, Friday, we're going to remind you on Thursday. We have another episode coming Thursday, but Friday night, 845 live on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Star Wars Newsnet videos. We are doing a watch party of Solo, a Star Wars story, 845 East, uh, so you'll put up on Disney Plus Solo. We'll have a counter. So if you show up late, you'll know where to go exactly on your Disney Plus app of Solo. And then hang out with us on YouTube, on your other devices, and be in the live chat. And if you use the Super Chat, you'll be able to get your comments on our commentary, which lives on the uh, channel and also in audio. So um, it's going to be a great time. And we have the pins for sale and all that stuff. We'll beat you over the head with it this week. Trust me. We're going to promote the heck out of it. Um, but do subscribe to our show because not only do we have two episodes next week and the live stream, next month we're coming back with the Mando Fan Show on Friday. So we have a lot of content 
from the three of us. Like Lacey said before, we, we, we're chugging on Patreon. We're chugging on the channel. We're chugging on all the audio apps. We're, we're putting out a lot of content. That's what we do here. And we really don't take breaks. Uh, so subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Amazon now. We're on Amazon Music. So uh, follow us there. Audible. Um, auto, yeah, everywhere you get your uh, podcasts. And of course, YouTube. Uh, subscribe here as well starwarsnewsnet.com for all of your star wars news teespring.com slash stores slash resistance broadcast for all of your merch like make solo 2 happen if you want to wait you're going to get 10 percent off on friday if you want to pick your stuff up then and then of course the pins for sale as well uh starting on friday in limited supply um you guys can find me on twitter at johnny hoey and star wars Newsnet. james twitter and instagram at meyer trunks lacy you can find um, me obsessed with the spider baby head at Lacey Gillerin. And the hooded character. <laughs> Lacey Gillerin on Twitter and Instagram. Hashtag missed opportunities. Lacey, how much Aww. would you pay for a miniature of that? I don't know. Depends what it looked like. like. Depends what it was uh, made of. How big it was. A hundred dollars? I just said it. it depends on the materials. Depends on how big it is. What what uh what was it? What if it was like a hot toy, but it was like yeah. a little bit more expensive hot toy, like two hundred and fifty dollar hot toy. Okay, if they sold exactly <laughs> what they had in that behind the scenes shot, which is like probably what a foot and a half, two feet by like a foot high, with like legit like spider guy on top, oracle mm-hmm. on top. Yeah, it's probably like two three hundred bucks. I put that thing behind me. That's all you'd see. I wouldn't even be on camera anymore. What would you get rid of that's behind me? I bought you now? a Kanan Jarrus and put him behind me. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. What would I get rid of? I don't know. Yeah. That's that's a lot of questions, John. It's, it's like you got to reorganize the whole thing. You got to work around it. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. What up, Neil? Right. Just send me you, that. Prop. You can have it for free, but you got to get rid of your Akbar. Ooh. Like throw him out or just remove him from the backdrop? No, like gone. Oh. Gone forever. <laughs> I wouldn't get rid of that. I really like him. I have good memories with him. All right, so let's have the code word be Akbar stays. If uh, yeah. you've listened and watched to the end of the show, comment or tweeted us with Akbar stays. Uh, if you want to hashtag it, hashtag it. But just write Akbar stays and we'll know that you, you followed us to the end baby of the show. Head. I was going to, but I didn't want to. I mean, I do talk about it all the time, so you wouldn't be able to to delineate when I said it. Yeah, that's true. Um, All right, so we uh, hope you dug the show. Thanks for stopping by the base. Uh, We're going to close it up now, but we're going to be back with you on Thursday morning. uh, We're going to dive more into the Mando trailer in terms of Star Wars trailers and and trying to see if we notice any patterns and what are they really doing with Mm -hmm. these trailers? What are they trying to do to our minds with these trailers? So uh, enjoy your weeks and we'll see you Thursday morning right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.